Hi. Welcome to Ruin My Life. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And this is a show about forcing your friends to like the things you like. A thing that I did not say when I was supposed to, but I've said it now, and it's true. Kelsey, how are you? You know, I'm doing okay. As, as, as well as can be expected, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, are, we are, of course, still in quarantine. We are in New York City, so um, yeah, still keeping it keeping it locked down. <laughs> keeping it um, locked down, even if the rest of the country isn't. <laughs> hey, don't don't worry about it. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's fine. Uh, mean, it's so it's so weird. This is just a heads up. This is going to be probably a pretty rambly one because I have a lot of uh, thoughts about things. I have a lot of thoughts about things that aren't related to the, sh- the show we're talking about at all. Sounds which good. Which we will name in a second. Although if you're listening to this, you've already seen the name of the episode. Yeah. So, so you know what we're talking. You know what about. we're talking about. Um, but like I was talking to Morgan, a friend of the podcast, Morgan Stewart. Yes. Three time uh, guest, one, Morgan Stewart. The once and, the once and future guest, uh, Morgan Stewart. Uh, he's going back into the office on Monday. That's insane to me because like, I, like I'm on the reopening committee for uh, my job and we're like talking about how much time we need to prep before we reopen once we get a date for reopening, which probably won't be till September, maybe. <laughs> and like. Also, even then, the standard is if you can work from home, you are going to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, it's different because Morgan and a lot of other people who I guess are probably also in the same position he is, uh, they don't work at like a public institution. Yeah. Like, he's just in an office. So it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess my still, case is pretty weird. but <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's still though, because he's been also like locked down basically for the same amount of time that we have. Like he's also been in, do- like, in his apartment working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, his mind disintegrating, <laughs> his sleep schedule just fully erratic and all over the place. Oh, same. Hard same. <laughs> totally off the chain. Um, so to think about if I was like just gonna, like going to hop back on the subway on Monday morning and ride back into Manhattan, it's like, what world are you, what world are you living that in? What universe insane. is this? Yeah. The other day, the other day I slept from like 8 p.m. to like, 2 a.m. and then was just awake from like 2 to 5 and then slept from like 5 to 10. Um, when I spoke to Morgan yesterday, I believe he he, he woke up at 4 a.m. Or no, he woke up at 8 p.m. And then at 4 a.m. he started working for his job, I mean. Yeah. And he worked, he worked until 11 a.m. Oh, and I then went right work. to sleep. Which, and the weirdest thing about that to me, and I told him this, is that is that you're you're going to work and then you as soon as work is over you're going to sleep. <laughs> like the weird the weird hours thing I've I've also I've, I don't think I've ever gone that that outside the, the realm of a normal uh, sleep schedule but I've I've had weird sleep hours but I've never had I've never worked where I've like worked at a job for a full day and then as soon as that's done I just drop into bed and go to sleep. I think the only time I've done that is when I was doing like double shifts. Yeah, but like, even then you're 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 going home, right? Oh yeah, you're traveling home. You're oh yeah, you, there's a there's a there's a period in which you have to get from one place to another. But I guess yeah, you don't have to when you're working from home. You just roll over or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It actually seems pretty terrible. Yeah, because it is just fully eroding the line between work and life, which is probably the thing we're all going to be doing for the next. I don't know. At least here in the here in New York City, like I think it's going to be a big shift. Like, oh yeah, people- offices are, are are pretty much done. Yeah, which which might be nice because it means maybe Manhattan won't be so terrible anymore. Maybe. And to clarify, when I say Manhattan, I'm talking about basically everything from above Canal Street to to about you know a little bit about the top of Central Park, basically. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I there's there's mean. parts of Manhattan where real people live and have real like fine lives or whatever. Yeah. But there's that big chunk of it that's just, you know, been fully Offices. fully gentrified, like yeah. to the to the max, and it's yeah. just the worst place to be, but we all have to go there. Yeah. Well, we not right now. Not right now. <laughs> um yeah, I guess you know, this is our normal now and it's at least for us gonna be our normal for I think a while. You know, maybe we'll get to expand our germ circle in a little <laughs> bit, but there's going to be a small germ circle. <laughs> um, I, the phrase germ circle is so upsetting. That, that Sarah said that, and that's where I got it from. So blame uh, your wife. <laughs> I, trust me, I do. It's hard for me to say that it's, like, normal for me right now because, you know, I got yeah. furloughed, like, about about two months ago now yeah. or a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, it's kind of... A little bit up in the air as to what's going on with that, but I think once I'm like, if I if I come back to work like as in, in normal hours in a normal capacity and I'm still here, it's gonna, um, it's gonna feel weird. Yeah, I I I, I kind of have, have <laughs> on a certain level refused to accept this as a normal thing, um, which which is probably harmful to me on a certain level, but I I really, you know, this is this is not the podcast where I talk about institutional failures although it is sometimes but only in the context of like fucking star wars or whatever <laughs> and whatever dumb shit i'm talking about that week but uh yeah I, I have reasons for for not wanting to really fully normalize this but it's probably better to do that i mean i, I think we know nobody should fully normalize it because it's not normal and you know we we also like I, I was talking to you before we started recording like i'm trying to build a fucking desk in the like one <laughs> square foot of space that i have in my room um like we're New York is not built for work from home. Like, if I was going to work from home, I'd want, like, an office, you know? Like, our apartment is only good for work from home if only one of us lives here. (laughs) Or, you know, because it's a one-bedroom with a small, small bedroom, which is would be a great office, but is my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's where you sleep and live. Where I sleep and live and stuff. So, yeah, I don't think we should totally normalize it. And in that sort of aspect, like, that's kind of what... Like, psychologically for me, the thing that has affected, like, my normalcy most is that, like, is, like, I'm having a lot of trouble watching new stuff. Like, and this has been kind of part of my, like, depression and anxiety thing for a while. Like, if I'm in a really, like, rough place, I have trouble, like, grappling with something that's, like, really plot heavy and and stuff like that. But, like, I'm not really in a bad, like, depressive place right now. I'm just, like, in a constant state of terrible anxiety that it feels normal <laughs> um, yeah it's it's kind of hard to gauge where i'm at mentally day by day i mean it, it always has been for me yeah. but especially right now i think it's hard that's true for everyone yeah it's, it's it's really like the situation is so abnormal and so just constantly stressful especially i don't want to you know i don't want to say anything about any anything anyone else is going through but especially in new york mm-hmm. this sort of the presence of this thing has been i think felt uniquely yeah. in a very st- strong way I agree. And I think like like for me where that's like most clearly manifests is that like I'm having such trouble watching new content in any way. And like Stephanie, my roommate, friend of the pod, um, is like has read like very few books, which <laughs> is a huge deal. Un- if you unusual know Stephanie. for her. I don't know if we've covered that in the podcast before, but Stephanie is a, is a book addict. She reads like upwards of 300 books a year. So she it, it is. It is. Folks, go to this woman's Goodreads profile. <laughs> I swear. And most of you can, because most of you listening now know us personally. <laughs> um, but for like, for like the the thirty seven people who don't know us who listen to this, find her find find Stephanie's uh, Goodreads page, <laughs> or don't just listen to what I'm saying right now, 
scrolling through it, it you will feel so shitty about yourself. <laughs> if, you, if you're like, if you're someone who's like, I got to read more books and you always feel that way, which is how I always am. Same. Uh, reading through Stephanie's uh, like history is really just like, there's no excuse. Yeah. But there was like a moment, like I think two or three weeks into this where like I hadn't watched anything new, like at all. And Stephanie hadn't read any books. And I was like, you really are broken, aren't you? And she was like, you're broken too. You haven't watched anything. And I just started crying. It was great. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so. Are things okay with you and Stephanie? Oh, no, we're great, actually. Really? Because it sounds like she just made you cry by, uh, <laughs> by calling no, you broken. No, it was more like, it was more like, a, oh, this is the state of our world. And this is what we're, I was, I was like laughing so hard I was crying one of okay. those kind of like hysterical situations okay yeah were you were you crying the way tumblr people say they're screaming i don't think so i feel like that's not a you know you know what i mean you know what i mean though i do you know when people on, on tumblr or i guess now twitter because all the tumblr people moved over to twitter <laughs> which made an already unbearable place to be even worse uh when they say like they like you see a gif of someone you like a cute actor you like on the red carpet and you just type look at his Little walk. I'm screaming. That is I'm, not. I'm, I'm I'm groaning. I'm crying. When what you're really doing is sitting in front of your uh, computer or sit, you're lying on your bed with your laptop on your stomach, just scrolling endlessly through Tumblr. <laughs> Which hey, nothing against that lifestyle. I'm just saying, it is yeah, what it I, is. I guess I don't know, but yeah. So it was just like a realization in that like I'm having a lot of trouble watching new content, and the content that I am watching is like stuff that is comforting to me. And so like Stephanie and I have been watching stuff together. Which has been, I think, helpful and mostly like very light stuff. Um, and I was like, "Oh, we should watch Taskmaster," which is what we're talking about today. I think you hey. will really enjoy it. I was there trying. To, I was trying to get to the point. <laughs> yeah, I real. I realized I was. I was riffing over your attempts to, to segue, <laughs> but that was such a good segue, Kelsey. It didn't even matter. You still brought us in. I still brought you in. Do we want to talk about Taskmaster now for a little bit? Yeah. Because <laughs> I have plenty of other stuff to talk about about. Stuff I've been watching that isn't Taskmaster, but I think we should probably talk about Taskmaster. Yeah, I think I just realized that like my watching habits have been changing in this particular um, place that we are in currently, and that like I'm rewatching a lot of stuff I find funny, even though I know what's going to happen, just because I find it comforting in a way. And this is mm -hmm. one of the things I've been rewatching. I rewatched all of the series with Stephanie, and I just rewatched the first series because we were doing it for this. Um, it's also just like, I, it's really palatable, I guess. Like, um, I don't have to think too hard and I appreciate that. <laughs> but do we want to talk a little bit about what Taskmaster is so we can yes. get the prop, get, we, so we, I, I can sort of begin to probe why your broken mind <laughs> has responded to it the way it has. Yeah. Um, so Taskmaster is a comedy panel game, kind of. It's British, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. We've talked about panel shows before on the podcast uh, when we were talking about um, uh, Big Fat Quiz. Um, and it's, it's, it's a kind of combination of that and sort of like a celebrity game show. It's hard to kind of explain, really, but um, the general... I would put heavy air quotes around the word game show. Yeah, yeah. It's, to imply that there's any sort of game happening here is to really stretch uh, credibility. Yeah, but that's the point, and I enjoy that. <laughs> so, so basically, there is this man, this this tall man, this very tall man, Greg Davies, known as the Taskmaster, who is Greg Davies. Yeah. Um, and his assistant Alex Horn, who is the actual creator of the show. Yeah, he's actually and the it, mastermind. <laughs> yeah, and he 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 created he created Alex Horn did as a as a thing at uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival, right? Yeah, in 2010. 
And where he basically brought comedians on stage to do tasks, which got folded into the format of the show. Because the format of the show is every is a, a series. Basically, you get five comedians. Five, yes. Five comedians, yeah. And it's always like every series follows these same five comedians over a period of either five or six episodes, depending on the series. They're up to ten now. Like I think episode Oof. or series like um, eight, eight and nine both have ten episodes. I mean, why not? It seems like an incredibly cheap show to produce. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, because what they do is there's a series. Basically, there's a series of of they're they're in a live studio audience setting, and they've they've done over the past previous months a series of challenges by themselves. Yeah. Mostly at the Taskmaster Estate House, which yeah. is a an, an empty house at the edge of a, of a um, a golf. Uh, it's field? like it's it's somewhere, golf course. I yeah, couldn't think of the word for golf course. It's somewhere in London. Like there's, it's sort of surrounded by fields. Like it looks, it seems like it's somewhere like, you know, near like a YMCA or something or whatever the British equivalent is to that. But yeah, it's just yeah. like this little house. I think it's probably close to like some sort of studio. Um, yeah. And they they basically they've done these challenges solo or they've done them in this house, mostly in this house or around the house or elsewhere, uh, with Alex Horn there with them. And they've done those separately, and they've filmed them all separately. And so basically throughout the episode, you begin with first the prize challenge, which involves the contestants each bringing in an item fitting a theme of some sort, usually a trinket or a small personal item, a thing of little to no value. And then they basically that those are the items. That, that's the first challenge, but those are also the things being competed for. So you get that, and then you have usually two or three filmed things in there, right? Yeah, depending depending on how long some of them take. Sometimes they have yeah. more than one, more than that, but yeah. And they occasionally are there are occasionally team challenges within these film segments, mm-hmm. um, and then at the end of the episode there is a live on stage challenge, which I think is probably more what the festival show was like, where they're on stage doing a short task all at the same time. As they go through the tasks, um, Greg, the the taskmaster, arbitrarily, I mean arbitrarily, but you know he's it, by his opinion assigns points uh, one through five to whoever did the best or worst. Um, and then, you know, there's a winner at the end and they take home, uh, they take home all of the prizes, quote unquote. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the then, prizes of the prizes of no value. Um, they, there is an overall winner at the end of each series, but they also don't really get a real prize or any sort of like, even like simulation of a prize. In the second series, they had a, the, the trophy that they win is, uh, a gold facsimile of Greg's head. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, this was the first. I do watch the first series, um, and so it was like obviously pretty short, and you know they were just like sort of trying it out, and I think they uh, gets, you know, they get a little bit more of a budget uh, as the series goes <laughs> on, um, and then after five series, they did a two part special champion of champions, um, where they had the five winners come back and compete, and the person who won got to put their uh, trophy on Greg's body. <laughs> um which is funny for josh whittacombe because he does not have uh greg's head he has a (laughs) a fake trophy (laughs) basically it's really like low stakes just like a bunch of comedians doing dumb shit and riffing on it and like i think i really enjoy it because like it doesn't matter and they still sort of like give it their all or like try to make it as funny as possible and it doesn't like feel like, it is fake, but it doesn't feel, like, fake to me. It feels, you know, like they're all just having a fun for no reason, and I enjoy that. Again, I, I've only watched series one, 
So I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak to what the bigger budget series look like. I mean, it's very but similar. It's, it's not. It's not even like the things they're doing are that elaborate. They're pretty simple tasks. Like uh, the first one in the first episode is just eat as much watermelon as you can in one minute. <laughs> there's one later on that is just um, empty out a tub. <laughs> there, there, there's some that are a little bit more like there's one. Uh, one of my favorites from from episode five is the one where you have to move a boulder as far as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even that one basically comes down to like who can get a courier service to them fastest. Yeah. Um, there's one. There's one from that, that um, episode four where you have to fill an egg cup with as many tears as possible. <laughs> that one's a little bit more creative, but again, it's still it's still someone standing in a room trying to induce crying either in themselves or in one case in the whole everyone who's on the crew. Yeah. Um, I think the the tasks get somewhat more elaborate and somewhat more um, like subjective. Um, like I think the the tasks that are the most fun are like, uh, I I forget which which series, but there's like put the most surprising thing through this hole, <laughs> like, and they just put them down this thing and and with whatever is down there, and they have to do the most surprising thing. Um, I think those are really fun because it's like, well, is that surprising? And they talk about it. And it's just like, I I just think I really like. It's the same reason I like. I think the idea of like a panel game is that you you basically give these comedians like a, whatever to talk about. It could be the dumbest, most mundane thing and like tell them, make it as funny as possible. And that's what they're doing here. It's just more action oriented. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't get over whenever I watch something like this. And we talked about this again during the, when we were talking about the big fat quiz mm-hmm. um, and that whole series of, of things. But the idea that there is this industry in, in Britain of panel shows where it's basically just you just get a bunch of comedians together and you essentially you don't really need a concept for it they just sort of chat and talk and bant the word the word banter is deployed so much in these things and they honestly i the standard they have for what banter is it clearly has a different meaning in in the uk well i mean that was part of the joke going across this series like that that whole thing with alex and greg is like a joke about what banter is (laughs) <laughs> yeah um i mean but they, they reference it I, I remember i was watching just today the one where they have to stage a blooper yeah and they they, they guess people using that i don't know the, the term gets tossed around a lot <laughs> um but i, I kind of like it's more of a descriptive thing the same way the word gentleman used to be about a very specific type of person in society mm-hmm. um a, a shitty person yeah but like a, a very specific role in society mm-hmm. whereas now it sort of just means it's kind of like an ideal to aspire to. Yeah. It's a very nebulous thing. Yeah. I would say banter is a descriptive term as opposed to like a, like an actual thing. Yeah. Anyway. It's more of of like just a a signifier for like a witty repartee Mm -hmm. um, in our lexicon. Yeah. Uh, But, but I I can't, I can't help but think there's something kind of like, I don't want to say not creative about this whole industry of, of uh, panel shows. Um, because it's not like, you know, it, it seems preferable to what we have in America, which is basically nothing. Um, and, and the idea of having a bunch of comedians, like, just, ra- just the most random fucking people you could imagine, just sort of like circulating through this endless series of, uh, like, low concept programming. Like, it's fun and all, but I also can't help but feel like it's a little bit just, like, <laughs> coasting on charm. It's it's kind of it's it's actually a good analog for the UK I think because the 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 media is kind of equally as as good or bad, but but there's maybe a, a, you know more charm to the British version. And if I was being really cynical, I would say that maybe some of that charm or a, a good chunk of it is just the fact that they are speaking in accents. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Although I do think um, Greg Davies does not strike me as a guy who you would you would find funny if he spoke with an American accent. Oh no, probably not. Because this whole thing is just being rude, but he's not even really that good at it. <laughs> I get the the rhythm of their their, their the, the 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 interactions of the panel like in the live show are kind of weird. I think partially because Greg's um, posture as like this because the joke is that he's like this sort of like cruel taskmaster who's like sort of like very kind of frivolous with how he doles out points and rewards but he doesn't really get a lot of space to do that mm-hmm. and then you've got alex horn who i think who i really like and i think is pretty funny but it's kind of funny in the way that i imagine i would be funny in a situation like that mm-hmm. where he's not really skilled at being on camera um he's got you know he's got a comedic mind and he's he's he's, he's funny but his he's not built for like the host role yeah so alex horn is actually uh his his normal, like, outside of this comedy thing is uh, Alex Horn and the Horn Section, which is a comedy band. I love Alex Horn. I think he's great. Um, but I think that it makes him very skilled at this, like, like straight delivery that he is very good at on this. And that, the, the, you know, the he doesn't need to break. And, and um, it's a it's. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, Alex Alex Horn's like he, the way he appears on panel shows is generally with the horn section, um, mm. and they like they wrote them there, and he like writes songs and stuff. Like they they wrote the they are like the music producers basically for the whole show. <laughs> um, Which, by the way, the theme song, the little the bumper music for this show is perfect for me because I kept almost dozing off yeah. during I was watching the last few episodes last night. <laughs> And because the the bumpers, because we're watching on YouTube where there are no commercial breaks, yeah. you just get that sort of dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> and, it and then you right get it up. again, like like two seconds later. Yeah, it's really it's really startling. Yeah. It, it'll really shake you up. Yeah, so I think like I understand what you're saying. I think you know I really enjoy that sort of like charming thing. I think here we got we don't have this um this you know industry like our our comedy. Like, the closest thing I can think of is, like, the sort of, like, late night industry that sort of um, has a thing. But then it's, like, it's still only one per Like, it, it, it's not this this vehicle for lots of people the way it is here in, in, in Britain. Like, I, I would enjoy that so much more if, like, um, there was a late night host, whoever it was. But, like, the whole show was just to, like, talk about whatever news of the day with, like, three other comedians like that would be better in my personal opinion (laughs) and i think you are i mean i'm being a little bit i'm I'm just sort of airing my issues with the show but i really i don't have any sort of issues with the show as like from like a like deep down ideological (laughs) standpoint or anything yeah like it didn't click for me but i mean it's fine it's i mean but i'm always trying to just wrap my head around this idea of the panel show because i mean i did this for like i'm pretty sure half an hour in our uh (laughs) our big fat quiz uh, Mm -hmm. episode but it, it, yeah, you're right. It is so different, and I think you're right. I think it would be better. I think there are plenty of comedians who, because um, the closest thing we have in America is just the podcast. Yeah, which they is, have which that is, there too. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. Um, and I think it's. I mean, part of it is because these shows can do like you know you do six of these in a year and then you're done. So you need to sort of be cranking out a bunch of them at a time to fill. You gotta fill that air. Yeah, you gotta fill that time. Yeah, but they they have talk shows in the UK too, though, right? Yeah, like they have late night shows. They have like Graham Norton, John, Jonathan Ross, and stuff. Well, I don't know if he has. And and, and and they have reality TV there too. Yeah, so I'm just trying to figure out what 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 thing we have here that is that is like that would otherwise be taken up with this. I mean, like the closest thing I can think of is like the sort of Daily Show Colbert Report oeuvre. But it's not the same. 
Yeah. I mean, the, like the whole idea is to like make light of the news or like, you know, use the news as a, as a um, springboard for comedy, but it's not, it's just not quite the same. You know what I just realized? We do have this in America. What? It's the Bill Maher show. Ooh. The, yeah, Maybe that's why episode. it didn't catch on. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> the Bill Maher show is like half him doing the Jon Stewart thing yeah. and half like a panel discussion. And it, it is kind of like he just brings on whoever he can get and they're not really talking about anything in particular. Mm-hmm. They are sometimes, but a lot of times he's just, they're just sort of riffing on stuff. Um, which is like, yeah, I mean, well, talk about charmless. Holy shit. <laughs> Bill Maher, the least charming man alive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I don't want to get caught up in that again. Well, and I think it's I, like, no, yeah. and and like obviously I don't condone Chris Hardwick in any way, but like I think it's what he was trying to do with At Midnight, and I think we've talked about that. But it was like too structured. Like, yeah, it was too structured in, as a game. Like, it's not as fun if you can't let the people I, I on think- there play around with it. That that's a good point actually because the at midnight and they, at midnight was pretty well received by people who watched it. Like, it was not a huge thing, but everyone who well, like was part of it, I think, really really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think because it, it filled that need for you know just comedians hanging out and sort of doing light riffs. Like because I because I am into this type of comedy and I follow this. Like I feel like British comedians are putting out more content than American comedians because they're like you know. They tour a lot more. They like they're 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 coming up with new material more. That a lot of it comes from like this sort of incubator place, you know. I guess the, I guess maybe part of it is because there's just room for this in Britain, the UK, mm-hmm. and and I guess parts of Europe in general because their TV production is so different. Because they do shows that run for six weeks and that's it. So you don't have like you know shit like Blue Bloods or Chicago Fire or whatever these shows that no one under the age of 55 has ever seen an episode of that run like throughout the entire TV season because you don't have that kind of, not to the same degree anyway in the UK. Um, you have room, you you have, you got to fill the space. So why not get some, some reasonably charming, clever people together and in, in a studio and you can just sort of film them chatting and, and it's like super, you don't, super cheap to produce. Like you don't have to hire writers. Yeah. So that must be nice. Yeah. And, and and this is like and I I did enjoy this like I I'm not I don't I don't want to you think I I didn't have fun watching this or or laugh at it but for me this was not a good show to binge and because we decided two days ago we were going to do this I had to I had to and again it's a light binge it's it's six episodes of like less than an hour and there's nothing to follow yeah but I think the fact that there is like there is truly nothing it is really it's a show that really has nothing going on in in a way and I don't, I don't mean that as a negative necessarily but there is really basically no concept there's and again no there narrative. is a concept there's no narrative in any way there's no really. there's i mean there's no narrative and no stakes which is fine but i think for me because i tried i would try to watch an episode right after i watched one episode mm-hmm. and my brain would just shut down <laughs> and i would and i would think okay well this is a show that you can probably like i mean i'm sure part of the reason why kelsey is enjoying this and i think that i'll I ask you this now in person well not in person but directly to you <laughs> is i assume that it's perfect for watching TV the way you sometimes do, where you're kind of like half paying attention. Yeah. And you're letting, you're letting yourself drift to other things and like do yeah. other stuff and like look at things on your phone, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what it is and that's what I need right now in the current climate. That's great. I just want to say, for me, I think because of that, I tried to do that mm-hmm. and I and I looked up and the episode had ended <laughs> because for me, there's so little going on in this show. Um, I don't mean this is like a sort of like quality judgment or anything, just like 
the way I, I process media, there's so little happening that I, I, I never have a reason to like put down my phone and look up. So I just, I just never key into what's happening. So for me, it's not really ideal in that way. I also think it's a show that is much better watched with someone else. Like I had more fun watching it with Stephanie than I did watching it alone uh, the first time. If it was coming on every week and I was watching it, I would have a good time with it. Because yeah. then it's like, okay, once a week, sit down, have some laughs with out. your buddies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that's it. I think it's just, it, for me, I really, I think it is because for me, if I'm going to watch a show that I'm going to, my mind's going to be drifting during it. Mm-hmm. I need to be forced to like pay attention again. That makes sense. I need to be dragged back out of my phone or whatever mm-hmm. and and like, oh, well, you're missing something right now. Mm-hmm. Because this show is by design not like that. Uh, for me, it's not good binging content. Yeah. That makes sense. I um. Yeah. But I appreciate and I'm glad that it works for you. Yeah. I, I think this pe- if anyone out here is listening to this, it might work for you too. Yeah. So give it a shot. I, I will highly recommend it. If you're a fan of like panel games at all, you should watch it um, just to try it out. It's just, it's just good fun. It's just good fun. Um, good clean fun. Eh. <laughs> well, on YouTube <laughs> it's clean. On we had a they only the first five series are on YouTube and the other ones are other places on the internet that are illegal. Um, <laughs> uh, on YouTube all the cursing is bleeped out, but it's after the watershed uh, in Britain, Ooh. so they do like curse. Uh. <laughs> It's too bad because I feel like I feel like the curse. The you know I, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of a well timed bleep. Yeah, and this show has a lot of them, so I think it actually is improved by being censored. <laughs> I think there's uh there's times when like the censors are funny, and there's times when you're like, oh, I really want to hear him say fuck though. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, sometimes because I know British slang is different. Yeah. Sometimes like I don't actually I'm not sure what swear word they're using. Mm-hmm. It's like, did you say piss or fuck or? They don't the bleep out the, a the ton. The C word? Do they bleep out the C word? I think so. Ooh. I'm not sure though. Um, Who knows? But yeah, they're they're good. They're nutty with it over there with the C word, man. They say it. They say it every other every other sentence. They do. They say it a lot. Um, I I, I gotta get over there. That's the place for me. <laughs> I I really I really like the show. Just like I really enjoy seeing this sort of like. <laughs> weird group of people have to all attempt the same thing i think it gets even more interesting with different casts like seeing how they all approach the same task i find that fascinating for some reason <laughs> like especially with this season where you've got like frank skinner who is uh older and then the rest of them who are like in their 30s <laughs> um and and how those two people those two like groups approached the tasks and stuff i just i find that fascinating and i think it's hilarious a lot of the time i also think alex alex horn makes this show like you mm-hmm. could not do that i mean it's his show obviously but you need him to like have it be what it is and uh i want him to get all the credit for that um absolutely and i think it's um one important factor of it that i should mention is that when they're doing the the um the filmed um uh, tasks, he's there and he help he'll help them out. Yeah, like they, they, if there's a rule like you can't do this, he can't do that for them. Yeah. Or he, I guess he actually he can sometimes. He can but sometimes. Like some, sometimes if the rule is like there's one where you, they have to guess what's inside of a pie or what's inside of several pies, <laughs> okay. and and and, was, and several people ask him like, can you just open it up for me? And sometimes he does, yeah. and like because like he he's there to facilitate what they're doing. He's not there to stop them or challenge them. Yeah, uh, which makes it like. He's a referee, but he's also kind of like on their team. Yeah. Which is a fun element to it. It's also like it gets even more like uh 
in the second season, there's like uh, one of the contestants is like constantly trying to bribe Alex to do things. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got okay. So who is your favorite from series one? Because series one we got Frank Skinner. Yes. We got Josh Whittycomb. Mm-hmm. We got a oh, what, um, Roisin Connolly. Roisin Connolly. Ramesh Ranganathan and Ramesh Ranganathan Tim, Tim Key. Key. Um, I think the series is really made by Tim Key. Like, I think he brings a lot to the table as far as comedy and what he does with some of the tasks and how much he cheats. <laughs> I think I think Tim Key and Frank are my favorites, which is why I was glad they got teamed up so many times. Yeah. I love Tim's outfit whenever he's doing one of the tasks because he always wears like a tracksuit over a like a, like shirt and tie. Yeah, that's the other thing I love is that for every series they all have one outfit that they wear during the task for the whole time. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Um, I gotta say though, and this this pains me to say, as as a feminist, yeah. as a feminist, yeah. um, Roshin, is that her name? Roshin, yeah. kind of a weak link in this series. Um, I love Roshin because she doesn't really give a crap. Um, <laughs> but no, I like I understand what you're saying. When the energy level is so low, when the stakes are so low, yeah. I understand. You can't. I understand you get. You gotta bring um, it up a little bit. I think she. I think she brings an element that like it's so hard for me to like pick a favorite because there's very few times during the series where i'm like oh it would be better if someone else was in this thing because i think like all of the groups work really well in in their way i also think you you have uh someone you have people who like josh and ramesh who like are very like not intense but like very like they get angry and frustrated so easily and you kind of just need someone who doesn't give a fuck to balance that out um but the funny thing is like ramesh um he is he's um ramesh right ramesh, yeah <laughs> yeah he's great his whole his whole thing is he's kind of like well they bring him on his intro and i'd never seen you know, any of these people before except for like maybe in like the background role of a you've, rich guy you've seen, film. you've seen josh Whitcomb before because he's on the last leg and you've watched it with me <laughs> oh yeah that's a good that's a fun show yeah. <laughs> um did we ever do that It'd be the same thing. It'd, It'd be, be me going thing. on for like yeah. half an hour. Like, how does this work? Who are they? Who is doing this stuff? Why are they? Because the, the, the last leg is more of, is more of like a uh, news based. It's more of like a Daily Show type situation. But yeah. Um, excuse me. So, but I, 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 so I do know Josh. But like, uh, they introduced Ramesh as like the guy who's always angry, <laughs> and and I was like, oh man, this guy's about to go off Lewis Black style. But I forgot it was the UK for a second. Because he just has, has this very smoldering irritation that comes up sometimes. Yeah. Not even that much. But I love that that's what passes for like the angry ranting comedian yeah. in, in the UK. Yeah. Um, and it's it's I, I love Ramesh because he is very like placid in a in a lot of ways. Like I just I think most of the um the the groups just work really well. Like I think they have thought about like kind of who how they will react to each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I thought about not giving you the first series and like picking a group that I thought you would enjoy. Um, but I also like the, the group that I wanted you to watch also was like, it's not available on YouTube and, um, it's, uh, 10 episodes. So, <laughs> um, what, which, which group was that? Uh, it's series seven, which is James Acaster, Jessica Knappett, Carrie Godleyman, Phil Wang, and Rod Gilbert. And I just think that, like, the whole group has, like, a weird energy that I very much enjoy. It's probably my favorite okay. group of people together. Okay, I, I know this can't be true because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now yeah. along with you, and I'm looking at these names. These these have got to be fake names. Those are not real people. <laughs> I do not believe it. 
I'm looking. I'm just like just a scan of all the names on who like all the contestants. You got Bob Mortimer. You got Paul Chowdhury, Ian Sterling, uh, Lou Sanders, uh, Tim Vine. Who? Katie Wicks. That Katie Wicks is the most like uh, British lady name ever. <laughs> I mean, she is Kate, very. She's she's Welsh. Um, Kate, Kate, Katie Wicks has absolutely like done a transphobic rant on Twitter. I don't think so. <laughs> If, if she, if she's a white lady, right? She's a white lady, yeah. She's English? She's Welsh. Well, you know. She's very mild-mannered. That was a good that was a good group. Except for David. I did not enjoy David. That's honestly maybe the first, like, the first group where I was like, eh, this could be better. But I love Ed Gamble and Rose Metafeo so much that it didn't matter. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying the the one thing about the UK is that they're actually like they actually are more transphobic as as a group of people than Americans are, and I th- I honestly think they're more racist. I I, would, I know I think that's probably true. So it's like any any white person you see in the UK, it's like oh, you better you know, tread lightly is all I'm saying with these people. Okay. <laughs> um, I I yeah, so I I just I really enjoy the show. It's a good show. Um, it it is a good show. It's not my um quarantine oh god i hate saying quarantine binge i, I hate all the cutesy shit but you know what i mean yeah um that yeah we're among friends here yeah uh, you and me and, and 42 of our closest friends <laughs> um so we talked a lot about this but like this this style of, of uh production is not something that they do in america uh in the united states but they did try <laughs> um, they did they did um they did one series of Taskmaster US and it was uh it was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> um and I have watched a couple of it's not it's not available anywhere which is crazy to me. <laughs> um cuz I've tried to watch it and they have like a few of the tasks available on YouTube but it's not on the Comedy Central app. You can't get it on their website. Um and it's not yeah, I, I, on YouTube which is crazy to me. Do you, do you want to read off who they had as contestants for this, or do you want me to do it? Um, so Did they it? had as as their host, they had Alex Horn was still Alex Horn, which makes sense to me. I think I think mm-hmm. he could have you could have replaced him as long as he was like a supervising producer. Um, yeah. Uh, but they had Alex Horn, and they had Reggie Watts as the Taskmaster, which I think is the fatal flaw here, personally. But I think that's actually I think that's actually better than Greg Davies. Really? Because because Greg Davies' whole like position, his whole like posh from the show is like i said the sort of overbearing like kind of maniacal figure um but the but the tasks are also like lighthearted and funny mm-hmm. and uh because and reggie watts like i don't want to you know pigeonhole or anything but uh, whimsy is a big factor in his his whole vibe he is whimsical so, I th- so I, yeah i think i think the, the idea of like whimsy and like sort of like off the wall energy kind of like i see why they went with that um and i could because like as i said i think the an american guy Speaking to people the way Greg Davies was would not be funny or charming. It would just it would just be obnoxious. Yeah, I um, I agree with you somewhat. I think it also like I I haven't been able to see Reggie Watts do his thing, so I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, we do, we don't know. Um, but yeah, the the and the cast they came up with is a little bit. <laughs> it's it's nutty. It's it's nutty. It's okay. Nutty. <laughs> what do we got here? Let's read them off. First off, Dylan Francis, who I don't even think is a comedian, right? No, he is an electronic musician and DJ. Kelsey, you probably know him from from the album Money Sucks, Friends Rule. Sure. (laughs) This guy, if I can can find one song 
that you will know. I I, no, I don't think there is. He, this guy has been churning out shit for like 10 years. The song, okay, the song Get Low with DJ Snake, I'm guessing one of us has probably heard not on purpose at some point because <laughs> it got to 61 on the US charts. Yeah. Um, other than that, he's got, this guy's got, I don't even I don't even see any any hints that he like has like a comedic element to his song. Um, I mean, he did, he did a song for the for the Lego Movie Two, which is kind of the epitome of being kind of funny. Yeah, Dylan Francis. You got Freddie Highmore. Did they just want someone British? I don't. The mother the motherfucking good doctor. <laughs> the motherfucking good doctor. We got the good doctor on deck, and this is before the good doctor, so he hadn't even hit it big yet. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this would have come out like a rat. Well, I guess. Just after he rapped um, Bates Motel, where he was playing Norman Bates. You know. So, you, you know. Actually, no. The Good Doctor's been... Oh, God. The Good Doctor's been going on since 2017. Yeah, Holy so it's shit. after The Good Doctor. This is... this is Okay, this is The Good Doctor. They got The Good, got doctor, the good doctor himself. Kate Berlant, who is a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know her best as the woman with the Garfield house in that episode of I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> Uh, which is, I mean, she's done other stuff, and yeah. like you know, she's she's like many female comedians. She she actually would excel at this environment, I think. Yeah. Um, like like because like so many female comedians are so underused in in American um TV and comedy. So, but I feel like she would actually. I feel like I get that. That's that's a pick that makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do we got out of that? We got uh, Lisa Lampanelli, comedian. Yeah. Um, you know, comedian. You can certainly say that about her. She's a comedian. Not the person I would think would be a good fit for this show. She's like an insult comic, right? Yeah, and she does like, you know, her... her. I'm not sure I can really like um, justifiably like summarize her work for us right now, but her her, her style is not a thing I think is... Uh, you know, it's not my my thing. Yeah. It's a little bit... It's, it's racially tinged, shall we say? Mm. It's heavily... It's very racial. Don't don't love that. Oh, I'm just, I'm just Googling Lisa, Lisa Lampanelli right now. She's really switched up her look since I last saw her. She's got a whole new style going. Um, I don't hate it. You know what? She's doing her thing. Uh, shout out Lisa Lampanelli. Sure. Um, so we got her and we got Ron Funches. Yeah. Which I think actually is the most reasonable thing here. Yeah. Like honestly, Kate Berlant and Ron Funches make sense to me as yeah, people got, on the okay. show. But then like the, I was just like, it was, I was like, is this really what we, what we decided with the other three? Like there was <laughs> okay, no like, one else. Guys, you got it. You got it in this one. You got this one. Okay. You got, you got these two. You got, you got Kate and ron yeah everything else you got it's a page one rewrite clear the deck and bring what are you doing so my idea for pitch time for this this uh this space was that if you were to make the taskmaster work Mm -hmm. for an american audience who would be the taskmaster and you know who and who would you want in your five-person cast i mean i i do think that Reggie Watts is a good choice for host. I'm kind of blanking on who I'd want in these in this role because again, it's like I I don't basically every comedian I know of I, is, I've never seen in this format or like this kind of format. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Lauren Lapkus. Yeah. Well, you could basically you could basically like I mean be an all yeah, female thinking, panel. <laughs> I'm thinking of this because of Reggie Watts. I mean, the Reggie Watts is the obvious connection here, but you could really just like pick anyone from Comedy Bang Bang, like any of the recurring Comedy Bang Bang guests. I think would be a good fit. Yeah. Like uh, you know, Nick Kroll. Come on, that that sounds funny. Oh, Paul F. Tompkins. Obviously, that's an obvious. Oh, that's a a, that's an obvious, obvious, obvious pick. Yeah. Jason Manzukis, Nathan Fielder. Um, well, actually, that that sounds bad. Nathan Fielder as the host, though. That wouldn't be terrible. No, actually, Nathan Fielder as Alex no, Horn. I, <laughs> actually, no. You need you would if you would need to get Nathan Fielder to replace Alex Horn yeah. if Alex Horn didn't want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Alex Horn, we would want to keep him, but if he's too busy, 
Nathan Fielder is the only American comic with that same energy. Yeah, I think that is that is a, the correct call. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think having Nathan Fielder um, host with Alex Horn still as the, the co-presenter <laughs> is a funny idea. It's too much. I don't think you... No, no one would want to. No one would actually want to watch that no. show. I just, I think they could have done so much better with their panelists. They, it, it feels like they didn't try. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Well, I wonder what went into that decision. I'd love to know, right? like, how they broke that down and like why they picked the people they. Like, maybe, maybe they couldn't get uh, anyone else. But then, why is there? A, well, no, they got Freddie Highmore though. They got, that's a, that's a pretty big get. I mean, yeah. He was he was August Rush Kelsey. <laughs> oh. The August he was August. It, it confuses me. Astro Boy, the Charlie Bucket. <laughs> I just, I feel like they could have done better. Um, my thing is, I. Do you have any any pitches for? Uh, I mean, panelists? my pitch for the Taskmaster is Jack Black. It's very good. After, because I watched Celebrity Escape Room on yours and Sarah's recommendation, and after watching that, I was like, oh, this is who the American Taskmaster should have been. You know, you know, Sarah said the exact same thing to me last night. Well, I said that in the in the text do you say that yeah i mean I, I sent it i sent it in in our group chat <laughs> were we all were we all talking about that sarah has confirmed that i did i have misremembered this entire incident look okay <laughs> i don't know if i don't know if you all miss this up top i i'm not working right now okay <laughs> i got nothing going on the days they all uh, I don't, run I together don't, i'm not sure what day it is um i was i was i i got things i was like supposed to do um, that I think I may have missed by a month. Oh no! So yeah, so I apologize for mixing that up. Anyway, anyway, the point is Jack Black is the right is a good choice. Yeah, I think like for me, I think he does have that sort of like seeming like can be mean without actually being mean, like can be mean yeah. in a whimsical way. <laughs> I think it would actually would be better than Greg Davies at that because he can be his 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 <laughs> Jack Black's current persona yeah. is so like. It's like almost camp yeah, in a way. Yeah, and I think it'd be great. Yeah. I almost worry that, you know, I almost worry that it would be too much for the show because the, if you have this big Jack Black guy, like presence being like wacky and then, you know, uh, you know, so, so, so such a strong character, mm-hmm. um, the man, the, I mean, this is the guy, this is the man who, this guy lived in a house with a clock in its walls. <laughs> this guy does not do anything halfway. You had him up there, and then the challengers were just like, "Oh, you know, throw an egg into the air and see what happens." It might be a bit of a mismatch tonally. I can see that. Um, yeah, but I, I would just love to know. Listen, Alex Horn, if you're listening, come on the show. Um, tell us, tell us what happened when we're down here. Tell us how you picked the guests, because like I think to I'm, me, this is I'm guessing he didn't pick could, these guests. I assume he didn't. I assume yeah. like to me, I feel like this could be something that could have gone really well. Yeah. But didn't, clearly. No. <laughs> um, <sighs> and I wonder why. I do want to shout out Alex Horn for a lot of reasons. Um, and, and Greg Davies, because right now, during the lockdown, which is what they are referring to it as in the UK, they are doing um, home tasking, where they're like setting tasks for anyone to do and send in via social media. And they're picking... A bunch of really good ones and having greg judge them basically um which i think is a really fun thing to do right now and i appreciate it that's that's a, that's a thing too um the panel show is the one thing that you can actually like can translate to the current mode of production anyway yeah most of like you you could do a panel show pretty easily i mean it wouldn't be quite right but you could do a panel show pretty easily i think over zoom they're all doing it like man that. 
they're all doing yeah. it like yeah have i got notes for you is doing zoom shows uh the last leg is doing a zoom series <laughs> with uh them and they like the last leg is a live show so they're doing it live every week <laughs> at uh oh, nice in at 7 a.m in australia where adam is and 7 p.m in the uk where it airs <laughs> love it yeah so like yeah i mean it's 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 very translatable to our current climate so well thank you for watching this i hope you had a little bit of fun i did i had fun i i wish i could have i wish i would have thought to ask about this uh sooner yeah. so i could have spaced these out because i really think it just trying to watch it all yeah. um <laughs> again it's like it's six episodes over two days and it's like it's lighter than air yeah. so i feel weird complaining about having to watch it all together but i really think it was not the right way for me to watch it but again i think it's good as what it is i think it fills its ambitions well and it's it's funny but yeah i i really enjoyed this and i hope you had a little bit of fun i, I did i did that by the way what you just said is how i feel about the podcast because i really enjoy this and i hope you had a little bit of fun i did it's always good to see your face you know you too special thanks to danny about of the Weeping Willards for use of their song Outside in the Rain from their self-titled album which you can download on Bandcamp whenever you feel like it. Special thanks to Carly Sussman who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com Please hire her. <laughs> Special thanks to you, the listener. That's right. That's right. We, you thought we'd forgotten about you, didn't you? We didn't. Oh no. Oh no. We never forget um, about all 42 thanks, of you. Thanks for checking in, guys. I hope you're well. I hope you're well. Stay safe and stay healthy. And remember, and, uh, go, to go therapy. Go to therapy. Or call your... No, let's do our much longer version of the, of the thing. Go to therapy or call <laughs> your therapist or set up a sort of Zoom appointment. Situation. Or, Kelsey, what was the thing you did? FaceTime. Was FaceTime. I think it was FaceTime. I think it was FaceTime. Yeah, uh, Google, Google Meet. Meet. There's, there's, there's so, so many, many options. options. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Therapy's good. <laughs> I'm going to stop recording now. Me too. <laughs> they wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me I, I was just looking him up on Wikipedia and he apparently also co-wrote a theme song for a uh, soccer team like the early 2000s or something like yeah. that which is the most fucking like british comedian thing in the world to, like be a funny right? to be a funny to be a funny guy but also to like have a sincere song about how much you love like the country and, and footy yeah and soccer and the clubs yeah. and arsenal and, and uh manchester and all that shit exactly what a fucking diseased culture we gotta <laughs> stop when we get mad about the uk i'm sorry that's not what this is about <laughs>